What's the secret to your hair, Dr. Lisa? I get that question so much. And what I have changed recently is using my Nourish Collagen Peptides from the Nourish Balance Thrive line. As you know, before I ever put my name on anything, I test it out for months. And so therefore, I have been using this product for a long time before it ever became available to you guys. Why am I loving this product so much more than any other ones that I've ever used? A, this is grass-fed collagen. So if you are dealing with post-COVID hair loss, if you are dealing with a Hashimoto's diagnosis or a hypo or just low thyroid diagnosis and you're losing your hair, or maybe you're noticing your hair just isn't as thick as it used to be when you were in your 20s, right? There's so many of us noticing that. You might want to add some collagen into your routine. And the Nourish Collagen Peptides is from grass-fed cows, so you're going to love that. You're not going to get all the nasty hormones or whatever else that might be in conventional products. I am always looking for the cleanest source available. What else? If you're looking in the mirror and you're noticing those laugh lines, or if you can pinch your skin and it doesn't like rebound back as fast as it used to, that means the elasticity of your skin just isn't there and we want to rebuild it, nourish it so it can thrive, right? So the Nourish Collagen Peptides will do just that. And obviously as a chiropractor, I love this because it is good for your joint health as well. So Nourish Collagen Peptides has type 1 and type 3 collagen peptides in it, which are great for, like I said, hair, skin, and nails. So if you are dealing with laugh lines or thinning hair or creaky joints, you're going to want to grab a container of the Nourish Collagen Peptides. You can mix it into your smoothies, into your coffee. You can mix it into like your brownies if you're eating that drlisao.com, click the shop link or click the link below. An Ironic Media Production. Visit us at I-R-O-N-I-C-K media.com. Hey there, Rockstar. I'm so glad you're here. I know you've been struggling for a while, trying to figure out why things just aren't changing. I've been there. I get you. I see you. I know how hard you're trying. I'm here to let you know that there's light at the end of the tunnel, and I'm here to teach you the simple steps to becoming that healthy, vibrant, best version of you. Are you ready? Let's do this. Welcome back. I'm your host, Dr. Lisa Olszewski, and I am so excited to share with you today Dr. Debbie Silber. She is the founder of the Post-Betrayal Transformation Institute. She's a holistic psychologist. She's a health mindset and personal development expert. And she's also an author of the number one best-selling book, The Unshakable Woman, Four Steps Rebuilding Your Body, Mind, and Life After a Crisis. She also has a new book coming out here shortly called Trust Again. She has an amazing story of betrayal and what she chose to do to go through after experiencing betrayal and how to heal. And she learned some huge transformational steps. So her PhD study, she delves into this in the podcast, but you're going to really want to listen to it because it's not just betrayal. It could be of a family member. It could be of a spouse. It could be of a loved one, right? But it could also be somebody at work. It could be a friend. As she explains in there, when somebody betrays us, that's somebody that you've always confided in. Like it really shakes your world. And so it's something that a lot of us will hold on to that betrayal and allow that to define our story. So I want you to listen in and to see how you can help shape your future differently, because it's not necessarily those things that always will continue to define us. 
So you can find out more information about Dr. Debbie Silber over at the pbtinstitute.com as in the Post-Betrayal Transformation Institute. So the pbtinstitute.com. You guys, I am so excited to share uh, this topic with you all. She, Dr. Debbie, has a whole, all sorts of information here today for post betrayal because it's a topic I think that every single person is going to resonate with you at some level, right? Um, whether it's with a marriage, whether it's with a job, but I feel as if we've all had trust issues at some point because of whatever it is. So she's got a great story. I'm going to have her share this with you. And then we're going to deep dive into some ways that we all can help with some of the stuff and especially the stress that we've all experienced this year for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, here's, I, well, first of all, I define betrayal as it's, it's the breaking of a spoken or unspoken rule. Every rule has relationship, you know, every, every relationship has its own set of rules or agreements. Like for example, we even had one. I was going to meet with you. We were going to have a conversation. And if I didn't, I would have betrayed you on some level. Now you wouldn't, it wouldn't have devastated you. Right. <laughs> right? But the, the way it works is the more we trusted and the more we depended on someone, the deeper the betrayal. So for example, a child who's completely dependent on their parent, well, that's gonna have a bigger impact than let's say your coworker taking credit for your idea. It's still a shock, it's still a betrayal, but not to the same extent. But they all need a lot of cleanup because these are the people we trusted the most. You know, think about it, when the people we trust the most prove untrustworthy, who do we trust? When the ones we run to when other people are causing harm are the one you know, the ones causing the harm. What do we do? So it's such a, it, it causes a complete and total breakdown of the body and mind because it's, it's inconceivable to think, well, we were playing by the rules. What the heck? What, without our awareness or consent, someone else has been lying and, and deceiving us. And it's so incredibly hurtful. Absolutely. And then it's a second guessing of ourself too as to how could I have trusted that person and how come I didn't see it, et cetera. And, and you know, and that's the thing, like with other types of traumas, and, and that's why um, I coined a new term, post-betrayal transformation, because it's very different than post-traumatic growth. Post-traumatic growth is like the upside of trauma, yeah. how that trauma leaves you with a new insight, awareness, perspective. But with betrayal, because it feels so intentional, we take it so personally. You know, it, it, like I lost my mom. I miss her. It's sad. Life will never be the same. You know, for the first year or so, I kept picking up the phone to when the, my kids would do something cute. And I was like, oh, you know, but I, I never questioned the love. I never, it, it wasn't, that wasn't it. Betrayal has you questioning everything, has you questioning your sanity, right. you know, because you, you, you're like, I'm a, how, how did, I'm a bright person. How did this happen right under my nose? Yeah. So you ended up going through betrayal yourself, mm -hmm. yeah. which caused you to deep dive into a whole research study, correct? Absolutely. It was first a family betrayal, which was so shockingly bizarre and painful. And then uh, years later, it was my husband. And, and I was like, okay, no, no, no. Repeat, betrayals repeat themselves when you haven't learned the profound lesson that you were supposed to learn. What's the lesson here? And I thought about it. And this is not to say we take you know, we want to take responsibility for for our role. Certainly, we, it's not our fault that we, or, you know, or that this happened, or or we're taking responsibility for anything we didn't do. But I looked at it and I said, you know what? I've never done. I never put my own needs. I, like I never took my own needs seriously. 
It was always about everybody else. Four kids, six dogs, a thriving business. There was no time for me. And so one of the first things I did was, I was like, no, I'm not doing that anymore. And I enrolled in a PhD program. I mean, you know, clearly not what everybody would do, <laughs> having just been blindsided by betrayal, but whatever. And, and I did that. And I truly was there to learn how to get out of this, how to get out of this deep, deep pain. Um, and just to do something for myself. And, and it was interesting because it was time to do a study. And I studied betrayal. What holds us back? What helps us heal? And what happens to us physically, mentally, and emotionally when the people closest to us lie, cheat, and deceive? That study led to three groundbreaking discoveries, which absolutely blew my mind. Blew my mind as far as healing and what it takes to heal. And it, it, so I opened up a, an entirely new business. Um, it changed my family. Um, my marriage, I mean, everything, everything. And, and one, of the, one of the most profound things I learned was that healing is always a choice and rebuilding ourselves is always a choice, whether we rebuild ourselves and move on. And that's what I did with my family. It wasn't an option to rebuild with them. Or if the situation lends itself, if you're willing, if you want to, you rebuild an entirely new uh, relationship with the person who hurt you. And that's what I did with my husband. Not long ago, we married each other again as two totally different people. And, um, and that was, I, I never, I never, first of all, you know, when you're betrayed, you're in a club you never wanted to be in. Right. I never wanted to be in that club. And I never in a billion years thought I would ever be able to do that. And, and it was only because of my transformation and his to it. And this was so interesting too, because with betrayal, there's a real movement towards spirituality, mm -hmm. the spiritual side of your religion. Some people abandoned religion and just went for spirituality. Some people were not practicing anything, moved towards spirituality. And, and, and I wondered why that was, and I did the same thing. And it's because you don't, you, you need some sense of feeling grounded, you know, mm -hmm. and you also, you don't trust anything or anyone. So you feel, okay, let me start there. And I was the same way. So I, I remember early on seeing a spiritual counselor who's, who's since become a dear friend. And she actually officiated our wedding, our, our second one. And I remember walking in and she's, she just laughs. I'm like, what? She's laughing at me. And I'm like, what are you laughing at? And she's like, oh my gosh, how you two planned this. Plan. She said, oh, yeah, yeah. He needed something so catastrophic to crash and burn so he could become the husband, father, friend he's supposed to be. You needed to crash and burn so you can heal and then teach from this deep place of knowing. You're going to have an institute. You'll be writing books. You're going to have this huge following all around betrayal. I'm like, you're crazy. Every single thing she said has happened. That's awesome. It is how everything... I don't want to say it comes full circle, but like everything has a purpose. Well, you know, I really look at it like if something bad happens, you owe it to yourself to do something really good with it, or it's just a bad game of hot potato. Right. You know, you just stuck with it and that's just it. And that stinks. And I wasn't having it. I mean, I said, if, and I remember way back, I was like, if, if I can heal, I'm taking everybody with me. 
That's just it. And I, I have no idea what it's going to look like. And here's the thing too. There were three groups in the study who did not heal. And I noticed that one of the biggest things that prevents people from deep, deep healing is fear, is fear of doing something so drastically different. Like in my case, I got my husband out of the house and I was like, I'm just going to heal and I have zero idea what's going to show up. No clue, no idea at all. And because of that, you grow, you heal. And, and if he chose to, that was going to be completely on him. And I had no expectation, no anything other than I'm now enrolled in this PhD program and I'm finishing this and raising the kids and doing my work and that's it, I'm going to heal. But what I see so often is whether it's a fear of breaking up a family, fear of financial fear, religious reasons, fear of being alone, whatever it is, the betrayer very often has no consequences. And I'll tell you, of the three groups that didn't heal, the group where the betrayer had no consequences, not only did I only see a further deterioration of the relationship, that group was by far, hands down, the most physically sick. That makes sense. Yeah, that your body totally can't take that. Yeah. No, and especially... Um, yeah, that totally just clicks when you when you say that. That makes complete sense to me. Um, how about? And I just lost my whole train of thought though. With you, let's talk about the five different stages too um, that you noticed as people went through that. Sure. When this when this discovery showed up, I'll never forget my chairperson saying, "Debbie, I believe you've discovered a process here." And in like the geekiest, <laughs> you know, dorkiest moment, I thought my head was just going to explode because that was the moment I realized now we have we have like a not a timeline, but like a okay, this is what's coming. You know, this is what's next. Just hang on, sister, do this and you'll get here. That's it. And because now it's predictable. So when those five stages showed up, I mean, that was just so exciting. So the first stage is like a setup stage. And, and I saw this with every study participant, me included. And this is, if you imagine a table with four legs, the two legs being the first two, physical and mental, and then the other two being emotional and spiritual. And what I saw with everybody, um, I, I was like this too, was this real heavy lean on the physical and the mental and kind of neglecting the emotional and the spiritual. So what does that mean? It means we're really good at thinking and doing and kind of neglecting the feeling and being, right? But if you had a table with only two legs, you know, solid, it's easy for that table to topple over. That's us. Again, that's not, and this isn't to say if you're busy, it's a setup for betrayal. It's just what I saw. Stage two, this is by far the scariest stage. And this is the breakdown of the body, the mind, the worldview. This is D-Day, Discovery Day. And I remember one of my study participants saying, you know what it feels like? It feels like every negative emotion you can feel, getting punched in the gut and losing a child in a crowd at the same time. It's awful. Because this is that shock of like someone taking a mask off saying, no, this is who I've been. And you're like, what? You know, time gets all warped on you. You, you, you just, you're shaking. Like you, you, you just, you, you can't make sense of it. And so you, you ignite the stress response. And so now you're headed for every stress-related symptom, illness, condition, disease. Your mind is in a complete state of chaos and overwhelm. And your worldview is shattered. That's your mental model. Go here. These people are safe. Don't touch that. You know, these are the rules. And in one blinding moment, it's shattered, you know, and a new worldview hasn't been constructed yet. So this is by far the scariest stage. 
and and this is where the bottom bottoms out. But and so you move to stage three, where your only goal is to survive. Survival instincts emerge. It's the most practical um, phase. Where you know stage. Where where can I go? How do I survive this experience? Who can I trust? What do I do? How do I feed my kids? Whatever it is for you. But here's what's so interesting. Once you've figured out how to survive your experience, you start thinking that's as good as it gets. So while so many people come into our, the PBT community, post-betrayal transformation community, because they've been recently blindsided, a bigger population are those people where their betrayal from a family member, partner, friend, who, coworker, whatever, happened years ago, and they're stuck in that stage three. They're surviving, but they're not happy. They're, they're drinking, they're using food, they're numbing out, they're not happy with their body, with their finances, with their relationships, with their lives, their relationships, because they can't trust. So they're not really having deep, intimate connection. So, but they've, they're sort of in like a holding pattern and they're not happy with any of it. And then the longer they stay here, the deeper the roots. So then they start thinking, well, maybe I belong here. Maybe this is as good as it gets. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Now forget it. They're stuck. If you're willing to let go of being right, having someone to blame, getting sympathy from other people, all these small self-benefits, you can move to stage four. And this is finding and adjusting to a new normal. You know, your old normal doesn't exist anymore. You're, you're creating a new life, a new identity right here, with or without that person. And you know, this is, I always say, this is if you've ever moved to a new house, office, condo, apartment, whatever, you know, your stuff's not there. It's not cozy yet, but it's going to be okay. And you're signaling your stress response. You're like, I, I'm going to be okay here. And you may not be physically healing yet, but you're not causing the massive damage you were causing in stages two and stage three. And you're, you're making this okay. You're also, you know, it's interesting. If you were to move, you don't necessarily take everything with you right? And this was the stage where I saw a lot of people outgrowing their friendships. If your friends weren't there for you, if it was a one-sided relationship, if they were indulging in low energy gossip, nonsense, whatever, you've outgrown it. You, you don't have the patience. You are on a different path and you don't take them with you. And this is where people say to me all the time, what the heck? I had these friends. And I just, I just don't feel right. Is it me? Yes, it is. <laughs> it's you. In the best kind different of resonating level. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And, and once you're in this stage and you've settled in, you can move to the fifth most beautiful stage. And this is healing, rebirth, and a new worldview. Your body starts to heal. You also, you didn't have the bandwidth for eating well, exercising. You weren't thinking about that. You were surviving. Now, now you want to take better care of yourself. You love yourself. You want to treat yourself better. You want to treat yourself with self-love and self-care. Your mind, you have a new set of rules and boundaries based on what you've just been through. And you have a new worldview based on what you know now. And the four legs of that table, the physical, the mental, we're solidly grounded now because we are very focused on the spiritual and the emotional too. I love it. How can they even, when, so this is where I think is in 2020, people are challenged. Mm -hmm. We've got so many different challenges coming at us, mm -hmm. right? We're now being forced at home with spouses, maybe that we were not seeing as often. I mean, there's mm -hmm. real stress on that. And so if we're seeing that we're stuck in this and we realize that we're in these unhealthy habits, how can we make a conscious decision to, to shift 
to like to get toward the light, right? Like you're yeah. showing us that there's light at the end of the tunnel, but mm-hmm. how, um, where do, where do people start with that first stop there? You know, the, the, the first thing is you have to, you have to see the benefits you're getting from staying stuck. Because a lot of people say, well, no, 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 I don't want to stay stuck. Of course I want this. Of course I want that. No, you don't. Because you have to give up your story. And a lot of people aren't willing to do that. A lot of people aren't willing to get uncomfortable. And if you're, think about transformation is uncomfortable. You know, think about the caterpillar on like some random Tuesday. It just stops. It's done. And think about the symbolism here. It hangs itself from a branch in order to die to the life that is known right? It wraps this cocoon. It's now in this cocoon. If you go over to it, it actually like shakes a little as if to say, buzz off. I'm in the middle of something very important right here. (laughs) It's, it's getting deconstructed, emulsified, unrecognizable from anything it once was, but only because it went through that, does it get to become the butterfly, right? It, that caterpillar can't become that butterfly if it's, if it's unwilling to go through that process. Right. You know, but we're unwilling to get messy. And this is, this is like ugly cry. I mean, this is tough stuff. You, you know what it's like? I'm big on analogies, as you see. Yeah. I'll give you another one. So it's like this. If you've ever had a messy, you know, room, uh, like garage, drawer, whatever, you think it's not vying for your attention. Oh, but it is. You know, you walk past it, you're like, I'm not going in there, it's a mess. And then, and you just, when you have to go in, you grab what you need to grab and you leave quickly. You don't feel good in that space. And then there's that one day, that one day where you're like, you know what, I'm going in. And you grab your garbage bags, you roll up your sleeves, and you're like, that's it. And think about what happens. It actually looks worse. Because now you're like, I'm going to toss that, I'm going to fix that, I'm going to donate this, right? And you have stuff all over the place. And then you go put in the car, which you're going to donate and you toss whatever, and then you fix whatever. And you have your, the rest of your stuff and you put it away. Now think about what happens. Now you stand back and you're like, look at me, right? You feel so good because of the work you just did. You call your friends over. You're like, would you come here? Please look at my garage. Look how beautiful (laughs) it is, right? But you earned it. You can only feel that feeling because you went in and did the work. That's what healing from betrayal is like. You get to that feeling of post-betrayal transformation of true and total healing only when you face it, feel it, heal it. It is. It's not accepting mediocrity, right? Like that's the fact of it. I feel like we see that so often now where, hey, this is okay. I've got, you know, the white picket fence. I've got the whatever it is and people just accept where they're at. And Mm -hmm. it's like like you just said, let's get real. And Yeah. yeah. It's, it's so, it's not fair to you. It's not fair to you that you've been through something so devastatingly painful and now the best you're hoping for is just to get through it. Like what? I mean, I looked at it like if I can get through this, which is, was, was for me the hardest thing I had ever been through. And I, I was in ICU for 11 days. Like I know trauma, but I was like, if I can do this, why just have mediocre anything? You get to rewrite the entire script. You get to rewrite the whole thing. I love it. You know, you don't have to, you don't have to. And, and in fact, the old you doesn't even exist anymore. You're taking just the parts that you like and you're okay. rebuilding and recreating a beautiful version of you based on who you've become. 
and recreating. And that's where I love, because then you'll, you'll start attracting things at that higher level, oh, that yeah. whole new level and a whole new life. Absolutely. And that's the idea of it. I mean, now my family is so different than who we were before. My four kids, they were best friends. And, and it's because of what we've experienced. My, you know, my second marriage to the same person, it, you know, it, it's, it's so crazy how much fun we're having now because it's based on entirely new rules, entirely seeing each other so differently. And I can't even believe it's me saying this because I was that person who was like, no, it's an absolute deal breaker. And it was yeah. that relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And this one. No, no. So now you have a whole health or a whole Institute. Mm-hmm. So tell them about that. Yeah. Find out where, like where they can find out more information and all that good stuff. Sure. So, so, you know, you don't make these discoveries and keep it to yourself. Like I was so <laughs> excited. So I created a program that walked people predictably through the five stages. Then I started certifying coaches so they can have these deeper transformations with their, you know, with their clients. And then I was like, well, that's really nice. And then we had like 8,500 people take our post-betrayal syndrome quiz on our site to see to what extent they're struggling. And they're telling me exactly what they need and what they want. The study proved what we need and what doesn't work. So I was like, what would happen if I put all of that under one roof? And so we did. And we opened the PBT Institute membership community. And what it is, is I have our certified coaches teaching daily live classes. I'm in there teaching, having, we call them coffee chats, open Q&A. We bring in experts to teach one-time master classes. The programs are in there. We have the most amazing supportive community. We have a charity component and there's truly no place like it because what I've also found is when people are healing, they, they do one of three things I found. They, they, you know, they go to their doctor and put them on, you know, who puts them on like, you know, anti-anxiety, mood stabilizers, whatever, or they drink, they eat, whatever they're doing. They join some sort of support group, but the minute you start feeling better, you don't belong. It's all about bashing and everything, right? Um, or they see a therapist based on, you know, what their insurance allows. And, and if that therapist isn't highly skilled in how to heal from betrayal, it does more harm than good. And I was like, well, those, those things aren't helpful, you know? So, so this community is based on just in lifting, inspiring, giving them every single thing that they want to heal. We even, you know, I know it's such a hack when you, when you teach you heal. You just do. So we have, we call it member moments where any of our members who have their own skill, having nothing to do with betrayal or anything like that, we give them an opportunity to teach a class. And the dopamine, the serotonin, like what, what they are flooding themselves with as they're giving our members an opportunity to learn something that they know, it's, and it's all working. It's all working. So. I love it. It's all just about that whole, again, resonating at another level, just, and, and like attracts like, so just amazing, yeah. supportive people supporting each other. That's, I love it. Yeah. Love it. Love yeah. it. You have a book coming out too, right? Oh, trust again, <laughs> overcoming betrayal, regaining health, confidence, and happiness. Um, this is, it's scary because my whole story is in there. Very vulnerable. <laughs> um, we also have, I have all my study participant stories in there because I want every reader to just identify, they'll identify with one of them say, Oh, that's me. What happened? To her? What happened to her? How did she move through this? Um, I walk you through the five stages with experiential exercises. I have the four, st- the four step trust rebuilding process in there. Um, this isn't the kind of book you read. It's the kind of book you do. Okay. That's awesome. 
Awesome. Awesome. So where can they find out all this information? You know, the best thing is for them to take the post-betrayal syndrome quiz. So they can just go to the PBT as in post-betrayal transformation, the pbtinstitute.com forward slash quiz. Perfect. Dr. Debbie Silber, thank you so much. I so appreciate this information today. Thank you. Did you like that episode? I absolutely love having the opportunity to interview some of the best and brightest guests and to share them with all of you. So if I may ask you a huge favor, I would love it if you went on over to Apple Podcast and gave us a review. I personally read each and every one of them as they come in and I am always inspired by your feedback. So I would be so appreciative if you did that. And here is the legalese. All content provided by Dr. Lisa Olszewski and her guests in her programs, including this podcast, her website, summits, and other platforms, is for educational and informational purposes only. Always seek the advice of your physician or another qualified health provider before you make any changes to your health routine, especially related to this content. Ask your physician questions about medical conditions. No statement has been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration, and products mentioned or discussed in these programs are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I hear it all the time. How do I get my kids to eat fruits and vegetables? How can I get them to take a multivitamin? Or even for our adults, I hate fruits and vegetables. How do I incorporate some of the great benefits of this? This is why I created the Nourish Super Greens and Super Reds. You are going to love them. They are all organic. You have organic green blend and an organic red antioxidant blend. But what else I love about this... I brought in immune support as well. So we have such amazing superfoods, all of the different mushrooms that are in there, along with digestive enzymes. And you can just mix it into your smoothie. You can mix it into some water, but it tastes good. There are no added sugars. You're going to love it. So just click the link below or go to drlisao.com and click the shop button.